Welcome to Mission Audition. I'm Stephanie Cicerelli. And I'm Juliana Jones. Today on our show, we have a really neat project. You know, we have never had kids, real kids, on the podcast before. Isn't that cool? I'm so excited. These auditions are so good. Absolutely. So today, because we have these awesome kids and well, I must say there are people who aren't kids too, but they sound like them. They're on the show. Um, but for the purposes of trying to judge to see if these are authentically sounding children, we have the amazing Donovan Wyland. He is from Chicago. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, thank you so much for having me. So Donovan, this is really cool. Again, you're on a, a show here, an episode. We've never done anything like this. And uh, I just want to have just a full picture here for everybody who's listening. So can you tell us more about yourself, your career, yeah. and why you love doing voiceover with this particular group of kids? Yeah, I, I do have a love for voiceover. My background is I'm a 20-year veteran of being an audio engineer and a sound designer. And somewhere along the way, my area of expertise became voiceover. So I've been coaching and doing voiceover demos for almost that whole 20 years. And I do workshops for kids for voiceover. I do workshops for adults for voiceover. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I help folks do auditions as well. Oh, that's wonderful. What kind of projects have you worked on? Any some any names? Yeah, I've, I've been blessed to work on uh, so many. One of the coolest ones I, I did was I recorded uh, Oprah for all her parts for uh, the Disney movie, The Princess and the Frog. So that's, that's one of the big projects that I did for uh, Disney. Uh, but I have recorded so many celebrities, uh, Neil Patrick Harris, Alec Baldwin. Um, it, it, I'm very, very lucky. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. Was it Boss Baby? Is that the Alec Baldwin one you did? <laughs> That's, it's not. It was for um, it was for a restaurant chain, and so uh, we we recorded 250 commercials with Alec Baldwin uh, for those, and I've, rec I've recorded him for other products as well. So my bread and butter is commercials. So po we call that post production in Chicago. Oh, how cool! I'm really interested to hear your opinions on these kids' auditions, and especially the audio part. Any tips from someone who's got your credentials? That would be amazing. I, I kind of have a different perspective uh, since a lot of times I hear the auditions or I'm playing the auditions for my clients. So I'll have the clients who are picking the auditions in the room. So it's usually the writer, um, usually pairs of art directors and writers. Uh, usually they're the, the partnership that is picking them. So we'll, we'll jog through them. And so I've noticed uh, kind of what works and what doesn't work on their end. So I'm, I'm seeing it from both sides here. And we do appreciate that. Whenever anyone can provide perspective, not just from a coaching point of view, as in what could I have done differently here yeah. to have performed better or what have you, but actually from the client side, like that's honestly, that that is always the million dollar question is why did this person book yeah. or what is it about that reader? What are they looking for? And so um, thank you for bringing that set of ears. I know you've just got the one set, but, but thank <laughs> you for bringing your ears in both capacities as a coach and a producer to the studio here today. Yeah. So we have boys and girls, male and female voiceover here. Uh, this is a category which is so much fun. This is a talking toy. Like I can't get over it. I love talking toys, but not for my kids. No, don't give it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. We have some talking toys in our house. At any rate, we have this wonderful voiceover. This is for Pete's Toys. Again, we've made this company up as we always do. It's a manufacturing company, and it's about to release a new talking robot for children's ages five to seven. The toy will function more like a smart device and it's able to answer questions from the user and it sources their answers from the internet. So not unlike what we see with our various digital assistants, be they, you know, Alexa or Siri or, or whatnot, right? So anyway, we've got to tell them how to read now. So Juliana, what, what are they supposed to do? 
Sure thing. So the voice should sound childlike, how a seven-year-old child would sound, and the voice should be friendly and fun. Although the toy interacts like a smart device, it functions at an approximate age of seven. So there are questions the toy will not know the answer to, and that's okay. I love that. I love I love just the it's like a little child itself, right? Like because there's just so much information out there on the web, but it this like just to think like this voiceover needs to have that kind of naivete that I'm a child. I actually don't know the answer to this and I think that's exciting because there's just so much information and and not an awful lot of wisdom. I took it as a robotic peer. Somebody who's not condescending or not above you is working with you, not directing at you. Mhm. Learning together. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a lot of youngsters in here because you're looking for a five to seven-year-old audience and a seven-year-old voice, but there are adults. So just so you know. See if you can pick them out. Yeah. See if you can <laughs> pick them out if, if you can. If you can't, well, you know, either way. We've got Donovan here. Yeah. Yeah. Donovan <laughs> will be the judge of that. So um, without further ado, we're going to run audition number one. We've got nine auditions today. So we're going to have to plow through these. But just know that just like every episode that we do, we so want to help you grow and improve. And anything that we say is meant to be taken with love and respect. And we want to see you succeed. So all right. Here we go. Here's audition number one. Did you say you need help with your math homework? Well, you're in luck, because I'm a math genius. <laughs> okay, so long division it is. Let's start with an easy one. Ten divided by five. Oh, I really like the script. It's such a good one. What'd you think of the read, Donovan? Such a fun vibe, totally getting the, the friendly and upbeat. It sounds to me, remember the spec, specs are, you know, how old they're supposed to be and the vibe that we're supposed to be giving. He definitely got the spec of the friendly, fun and upbeat, but to me sounds like he's like 13 and I can hear him trying to pitch a little younger, but for me, just a little too old to pull off seven years old, but it, it was so good. It just doesn't sound like seven for me. Yeah, so if the demographic was for 13-year-olds, he would have nailed it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and, and he, he sounds like he would be great in animation or, or like a Kellogg's commercial. I would cast him in a second. I think that's, that's great feedback for this audition. I could also tell he was older. I've got kids of my own. I'm living in that age group right now, so ears are a little more attuned to it. But you know what? I did love the energy. I liked what he was doing, and it sounded friendly enough. If I heard a voice like that coming out of my kid's device, I wouldn't be like weirded out by right, it. Right. Um, I might expect it to be slightly younger. Exactly. That said, you know, if it's supposed to be, if it's geared toward that, and if it's been pitched to me that way in the packaging and the branding yeah. and so on. But that said, like, you know, an excellent read, and we're moving on to audition number two. Did you say you need help with your math homework? Well, you're in luck because I'm a math genius. <laughs> okay, so long division is it? Let's start with an easy one. 10 divided by 5. Wow. Super adorable. I thought her laugh was the most believable. And actually recording kids for so many years, doing a laugh that we all believe in the room is harder than you think. And so in an audition, she needs to be really proud that she pulled off a laugh that I believed. So that was amazing. So cute. So adorable. There's definitely potential there. I would say she needed to enunciate a little more and maybe even up the friendliness and the fun. But I, I wrote down with some direction, there is massive potential there. What kinds of things can we do to be better enunciators? It just takes practice. There's so much media out there to steal the copy for and practice. 
when I was researching uh, these auditions, I looked up other, you know, kid talking robots. Whatever you're auditioning for, for me, the first step is research. So if you were auditioning for a Kellogg's commercial, you need to look up Kellogg's commercials and listen to how the kids did it on those. And then you write it down and you practice into your microphone until you sound in the ballpark. So she's just young and it just takes practice. I like what you said, Donovan, about research and just bearing in mind here that these are kids auditioning and that their parents are probably the ones that are needing to do that research uh, or at least to do the initial research. So for all of you parents who are listening, you're going to want to think about, well, what is this script? What is it asking for that I might submit my child to do? And how can I help prepare them better for that? So pretend you're talking to me as a parent of somebody who's doing a voiceover, Donovan, like my kid's going to try to go do an audition. How would you help me as that parent to prepare my child? That's a, a great point. Actually, my daughter does voiceover as well. You know, we just we look it up on the internet together, but it has to be a partnership between the child and the parent. Uh, a child can't just do this on their own. I was just thinking the other day, we did an aud- or she did an audition for a supermarket chain on the East Coast that we don't have in the Chicago area. And we were looking up how to say the tagline. A tagline is something at the end of a commercial, like Allstate's tagline is, uh, are you in good hands? We wanted to do their tagline for this supermarket chain, how they did it. So that was our first step. And then to just make sure that um, we understood the vibe of other work they have done. You can gain a lot, even if it's not similar copy, you can gain a lot just by looking at their previous work. And uh, there's a website called iSpot that we use a lot where you can type in uh, whatever product, if it's a commercial, and uh, look up their previous work. And it has given us so many insights, like, oh, okay, they never do anything dramatic. It's always light and nice. So we know we're gonna stay with that. Now, a parent doesn't need to be a casting director or a writer or a producer for their kid, but getting them in the ballpark is kind of their job. Wow, for those of us who forgot our pens and paper for that last website URL you just gave out, could you share that one more time? iSpot. So we use that a lot. Now, if you're going to look up a commercial, you can just type in like a product like Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. You have to type in the current year. Never, ever, ever practice old work. Advertising, commercial work changes so quick, like fashions, like with shoes. The rate that it changes at, you never want to practice something that was happening last year. So in my first step of research, I type in the product name, I type in commercial, and then I type in the year. Then I click videos. Now, even if they've only done radio work, it's amazing. You will still find things on YouTube or iSpot um, that is that is radio spots, and they'll just have a static image on there, and they'll still play you the radio. So getting that vibe, getting their previous work in your head is massively helpful. Oh, that's that's a great tip, especially for commercial, because there's so much voiceover work in commercial. And and at the end of the day, everyone's looking for a way to have a, an advantage, frankly. So if you're listening to this podcast, you have heard it from Donovan. You know where to go <laughs> if you want to be uh, having a better handle on what those trends are. Oh, especially when it comes to kids and doing auditions. Commercials are such a short 
thing. You know, kids have short attention spans, but also you can't work them too hard. They're just little. So commercials and kids go hand in hand together. And if you need any help getting into that, I definitely would suggest looking at, at Donovan or making sure that your profile is set up so that your kids are receiving good commercial auditions. Sweet. Such lucrative work. So, so much work being done with kids. Um, and you're right. Those short pieces are custom made for uh, children. My daughter was on a, a spot recently that they showed it in a movie theater. Oh, wow. Now, I'm not going to say the what product it was, but my oldest son, I'm a sound designer, so my, I'm so I'm lucky my work is shown on TV uh, on a regular basis. But the, uh, the movie theater thing with my daughter, Ella, came up, and uh, my oldest son, who's 20, leaned over to me and said, uh, Dad, is it me, or is Ella's stuff uh, being shown more oh. often than uh, than yours is? Oh, be, my. Stinker. Uh, competition. Yeah, that'll be a neat conversation around the dinner table yeah. for you. I know. Well, we have our third auditioner coming up. I'm just curious to see what this voice artist has brought. Did you say you need help with your math homework? Well, you're in luck, because I'm a math genius. <laughs> okay, so long division, is it? Let's start with an easy one. Ten divided by five. Oh, I think that he sounded like he was like from a, I could see him in an animated series. Like that little voice. Like when I heard his voice, I'm like, I could totally see that coming out of a character's mouth. And this character happens to be a robot. So, uh, but very believable. Very cute. So charming. So natural. I wrote down all just massively positive things. Just, uh, it's, you're right, sounds like animation, sounds like I pictured the little robot when I heard his voice. Just made a little character come to life for me in my own head. And that's the fun part of voiceover is, it, um, you know, we always record the voiceover first in animation, then they animate uh, to, to the voice. And I could just picture a talking robot coming to life. Just, just like with all kids, I, I bet we'd have to direct him to be a little faster. It's a common with a lot of children when they do their auditions to do it a little bit slower. So if I could give just an overreaching global uh, bit of advice for uh, parents and kids to just maybe pick up the pace just a little bit in their auditions because we want to take every advantage we can get. But I love this one so much. It's a really actionable and easy tip too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can hear like the joy in their voices too. Like this is fun. Voiceover is fun. Like the kids love it. And sometimes you lose that sense of an adult is really enjoying themselves because it's like, oh, into autopilot, going to do another audition, right? So we can totally pick that up. But with, with these auditions, like everything has just been so enjoyable to listen to. So pure. That's a great point. Yeah, I, I believed his little laugh. And, you know, voiceover should be fun. This is still showbiz. It's still entertainment. And when I'm recording a, a child and the room erupts in laughter or we all are smiling, I always pick that take. Because what makes us laugh and smile in the control room is going to make everybody laugh and smile. This is not supposed to be drudgery or work. It's not even supposed to be like work. It's supposed to um, create a fun reaction in everybody. And this last audition, it, it nailed it for me. Yeah. Well, whenever 
your work becomes something that you really don't want to do, it's probably time to either reevaluate if that's still your passion or, you know, get super passionate about it and, and fall in love with it all over again so that you mm -hmm. can have that joy. Because when you're in a room by yourself, frankly, <laughs> a lot <laughs> doing voiceover, the last thing you want to do is feel <laughs> that you are unmotivated to be there or that you would rather be somewhere else. Because that, that doesn't do justice to anybody, to the client, to you, to that script, to the audience. That's one of the joys of working for yourself is that you work when you're motivated and hopefully every time you sit down you feel that motivation all right childlike wonder okay let's go we're gonna hear audition number four did you say you need help with your math homework well you're in luck because i'm a math genius <laughs> okay long division is it let's start with an easy one 10 divided by five so cute so natural Remember what I said about taking every advantage you could get. Sometimes when I'm doing the playback for my clients, if an audition is a little quiet, unfortunately, a lot of folks equate volume with quality. And in what I do in sound design and audio, we call that the loudness war. You know, you'd be listening and all of a sudden a commercial is way too loud and you're like, why is it so loud? Because we're all, all in a loudness competition because our clients, the advertising agencies, equate our louder commercials with better quality, okay? So keeping in mind the loudness war, it also applies to commercials. So if you're too far from the mic or if you don't know how to optimize your audio once you send it, I'm not saying uh, anyone needs to be an audio engineer to do good auditions, but it sounded a little quiet to me and I feel like that would put this this uh, child at a disadvantage. Sounded uh, so cute, but maybe, maybe a little too young. Uh, the enunciation could have been a little clearer and just a little louder for me. It sounded like he did a good job with his pace from your previous comment, though. He did do a good job with pace. It was faster than some of the other auditions, but I call it the Goldilocks zone. It can't be too fast, because then we don't understand what you're saying. There was a little bit of that in this last one, but it can't be too slow, because then it kind of sounds like it's in slow motion. It has to be just right. Yeah, you don't keep the attention when it's too slow. Well, in your comment about loudness, it that rings true across child and adult auditions. It's something that we constantly are telling talent who aren't booking work. It's just simply that your auditions aren't loud enough. And to all the parents out there, if you're wondering if you're kids' auditions are loud enough, remember that as a premium member, you get consultations with our audio engineer. And if you need access to that, reach out to our support team and then we'll put you in touch with the right person. Great point. The loudness wars. That's what I was yeah, just catching on. That's my little soundbite from you there. It's absolutely true. They're either a make or break based on the audio at times. And sometimes you don't even know why something didn't move ahead, but it's like, well, you know, at the end of the day, if you actually to turn over that rock, it was because your audio, there's just something not right with it. You've got to be close enough to the mic to make what is called the proximity effect happen, which is where that little bit of bass jumps up, but you can't be so close that you're distorting it. So like right now, I'm talking on a mic and I'm watching my levels. It, I've got to be close enough so you hear that little bit of resonance, which gives us the little bit of chills. We like it, but then it can't be so close that you're in the red. Uh, so that that last one was just a little too far and wasn't getting that, that fun vibe where the mic picks up the, the meat of your voice. 
Mm-hmm. If we go back to an episode that we did earlier um, with Cameron, our talent success specialist, he does talk about this mic proximity thing that you, you're mentioning right now. Make sure you go back to Mission Audition into our archives and find those episodes. I think they're episodes four and five. Those are the common audio mistakes and, and how to avoid them sort of idea. But absolutely, like having proper mic technique and understanding what proximity means and if you're on or off access or what's going on, like this is language that you need to to adopt into your own workflow. So now we have audition number five. Did you say you needed help with your math homework? Well, you're in luck because I'm a math genius. <laughs> okay, so long division is it? Let's start with an easy one. Ten divided by five. I loved her personality. Yeah, delightful little voice. I, I've, there was a lot of spunk, though. Yeah. You have to admit, that one was like, well, I was like, woo, okay, got some attitude. But, you know, like that's that made her stand out, like, honestly. Like, th- this voice artist definitely stood out. So, wow. What do you think, Donovan? You know, again, thinking back to the specs, you know, what are, what are we auditioning for? That, to me, sounded like a great commercial audition, tons of personality, sounded really like a real kid. Um, now, I know the robot is supposed to sound like a real kid, but that big pitch jump on the word I'm, I, I wrote down a note about that, it might have been just a little too much for, for this. But super cute, adorable uh, personality. This, uh, this child, I wrote down, could be great with uh, some direction. But here's the thing. Some writers, now remember, it's usually writers who are picking it. Some writers m- might not see the potential and m- uh, might not pick this child uh, because of that, that big I'm thing. It's amazing the things that they, um, that they pick on in auditions and the reasons that they don't choose people. Um, I've, I've heard such silly things like, oh, I didn't like how they said that I'm. Well, you know, you can direct uh, people to not do that. Uh, but they, a lot of times they'll have so many uh, people to get through. But it, yeah, it's disheartening sometimes. So you, want, so you want to take every little advantage you can and maybe listen back and think, okay, maybe that was just a little too much personality on the word I'm and maybe uh, even that out. But yeah, I wrote down really good, could be great. Sometimes there are reasons why a client will go with someone over someone else and it can be these tiny little things. If you put the emphasis somewhere where they don't want it to be, they're not going to tell you. So I think that that's kind of the struggle too, Donovan, right? Like it's not the client's job to tell you what you did wrong. If I'm sitting here listening and thinking, well, I wouldn't have known that. Like I I don't have the self-awareness as an artist or whatnot. Like how do you get that? Where does that feedback come from if you can't talk to the client? That That is the voiceover artist trip. Like you've heard the phrase, the artistic trip. The voiceover artist trip is uh, not an easy journey. It's a very, I call it an insular discipline. Children have it easier because they have their parents, but adult voiceovers, they're always second guessing. They're always thinking, is it, am I doing too much or am I not doing enough? Again, you have to start listening to other work that is happening outside of your, your little room, your little bubble. You know, it, it comes from research. And, it, and also, I got to recommend uh, you meeting your peers, you talking with other people who are doing auditions. There's a whole community uh, happening here in Chicago uh, through workshops and Facebook groups. And, you know, stop being alone. Start 
talking to each other, start uh, listening to each other's auditions, and you'll you'll start to get a better sense of, okay, it seems like I was always too quiet, or, you know, it seems like I always give too much personality. And if you don't ha- have an audition that day, you need to pretend you do. You need to create a situation sort of like this, where it's like a, a fictional situation. You have to create that for yourself for that day because nobody ever got great at anything unless they did it every day. Well, and actually Cameron, our um, talent success specialist, he uses this story quite often. I'm sure it'll be fine if I share it, but his songwriting teacher asked, you know, who considers himself a songwriter? You know, multiple hands went up. And then the teacher asked, who writes songs every day? And maybe one hand out of all of those hands went up. And that's exactly the same analogy. It's that if you want to be a voiceover actor, you have to do this every day. There's nothing like practicing perfect to book work. The people who are winning the jobs, they are practicing every day. You better believe it. The people who win the auditions uh, here in Chicago, they live and breathe this stuff. They know every commercial. They know the names of people. They know what advertising agency does what. They can speak the advertising speak with the clients. It's like a lifestyle choice, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So if if you're not that serious, someone's going to step in who is that serious. Oh my goodness, those towns in Chicago, are they ever on it? We are an advertising town. That is Chicago's thing. All the major advertising agencies all of of the world all have their headquarters uh, within a four-block radius of the studio I worked at for 20 years. So that's Chicago's bread and butter. Serious business. Hey, I have a question. When you're coaching kids, do their parents participate in the sessions? I ask for them not to, personally. Um, Kids are wonderful mimics, and children are wonderfully fearless, but when they look over at their parents, there's there's a little bit of like eye contact coaching happening. Just Uh like, um, I'm very lucky, my three children, uh, other people tell me, oh, they're so lovely and they're so well-behaved. I love hearing that. But just like all kids with me, you know, they're sassy and, uh, you know, they can get into a little bit of trouble. Uh, so they're a little bit different with their parents around than they are with just some other adults. So it, it becomes more professional as well. But then you have to be with them during the audition. So, but just from an artistic standpoint, I would say try to step, take a step back. Or if you do feel the need to be in the control room, position yourself in the room so you, that your child can't see your eyes. Or maybe read a magazine in there, and then maybe they'll start to assimilate to the to the folks who are directing them. Those are great tips. As a parent, I I also relate to that. What we need to always remember is that trust is key. Like whenever you're working with anyone, but especially when you have children, some of the most vulnerable people in this whole world, you have to be able to trust the people who are working with them. And obviously as a parent to be present uh, if you have any kind of concern or that's just what you do, uh, never feel bad about that. Um, but there will come a time, I think, as they get older and you you build that relationship with a producer or a director or a coach or a teacher where you don't have to be helicopter parent, you know, like there's that trust is there and you can let go and, and maybe just sit and read your book or, or play some game on your phone. Kids will behave differently when they think they're being watched by their parents. It's always looking over their shoulder to see if mom or dad approve. The best, the best, um, directing I have ever seen by uh, someone do 
was a guy named Chris with an advertising agency, and his trick was he would always go into the recording booth with the child and sort of coach them instead of uh, pressing the talkback button. The talkback button is how we can hear uh, in the recording booth, hear the people in the, the control room. So he sort of would take that uh, technical element away and just speak to them and then just uh, ask the engineer to always be recording. And um, this was just such a joy to watch and where they are just reacting in a, in a much more natural way instead of Take 76, now do three in a row. <laughs> it's very, that's a very unnatural construct, even for adults. Mm -hmm. And when people are comfortable, they do their best work. So that's, you know, like you, you have to remember that if someone is uncomfortable, then it will come through in the voice. Like it'll, it'll appear it as some kind of, um, I want to say tension, maybe some kind of tension might start building in either the throat or the hand or wherever it starts to build. We all do our best work when we feel safe. We have a phrase in audio, the tape don't lie. Now, I know we don't use tape anymore, but if there's a good feeling in the session, somehow it comes through. If there's tension in that session, you'll notice it. Uh, even I, even regular people will notice it. They'll be like, um, I guess it's good, but there's something I can't put my finger on that I don't, you know, that makes me uncomfortable or that I don't like. Um, and guess who we're making commercials and, and all this stuff for? Regular people, not us technical people, not casting directors, not writers, not folks who, you know, are on the other side or professionals. We're making it for all the regular people. And so you put that good vibe in the session, they'll be like, I like this. I don't know why, but I like it. It's tangible. Absolutely. All right. Well, that was an awesome little sidebar. Uh, we're going to move on to audition number six. Did you say you need help with your math homework? Well, you're in luck because I'm a math genius. <laughs> okay, so long division, is it? Let's start with an easy one. Ten divided by five. So I'm sure everyone who's listening can now easily tell who's a kid and who's an adult. So what are your thoughts on adults auditioning for kids' jobs and this read in general? Well, first, let me talk about this uh, read. Super upbeat, um, which is definitely, the, that was uh, one of the words in the specs, um, you know, upbeat. Uh, for me, personally, it was maybe just a little too upbeat. Um, and some of those pitch ups at the ends of sentences are a surefire way to uh, give away the fact that it's an adult and not a kid, because kids don't do that at the ends of sentences. So if I could give a bit of advice for adults, um, if you're always pitching up at the ends of those sentences, that's a dead giveaway for me anyway. And I think for most people that that's not really a child. Um, so it, it kind of... it. Sounded a little unnatural always going up at the end of those. I, I could hear this person doing animation, absolutely. Uh, personally, I don't think it's right for the talking robot. It didn't feel like a peer for me, but then that kind of leads me to talking about adults doing um, voiceover that is supposed to be for a child. Now, um, a project like, like this, uh, if we are truly honest about this talking robot project, the writers and the producers would be actually keeping in mind that they have they would have so much material to record. There'd be so many lines that they would have to cover that maybe casting an adult is the better way to go because you can only have a child work so many hours. That's why in animation, we usually cast adults because then we can have them work a full eight-hour day 
day, and uh, we can go into overtime, uh, SAG-AFTRA rules. There's a very specific amount of time that children can only work, and just like with everything, we are always dealing with deadlines. If this project was really real, there would be a, a pretty big concern uh, about casting an actual child. Now, it would be the artistic balance of, we love that it's a child, we need to do the work and finish the deadline. And it's sort of who wins, the writer or the producer. <laughs> I liked it, but just there was a couple dead giveaways for me. Yeah, um, just thinking back to something you just said, Donovan, but, uh, you know, if this were a, simply a toy, like I'm thinking, you know, go back to the Teddy Ruxpin toy in the 1980s, yeah. that stuff bear yeah. that talk. Think about how many lines that that voiceover artist would have recorded. Right. I don't know, maybe five, six, seven, eight prompts, maybe, I don't know. But, yeah. you know, if it were a toy of that nature where it didn't have an endless stream of things it could say because it could be asked any number of questions and have to come back with an answer, if it were, you know, a finite number of yeah lines, then a, a child's voice may just do... Absolutely. 100%. Okay. Well, that said, I think we can move on to audition number seven. Did you say you need help with your math homework? Well, you're in luck because I'm a math genius. <laughs> okay, so long division is it? Let's start with an easy one. Ten divided by five. Huh. I think I, 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 say, I think I smell another adult. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say, you know, Kevin other than mortgage. that thing that just came out of my head. Yeah, that, that's a Pat Freely line. We're going to send him oh, a really? note. Yeah. Kid with a mortgage. Uh, have you ever heard of that? <laughs> yeah. Someone sounds too old to be a child, but they're trying to be one. Um, yeah. Stephanie said yeah. that to me earlier, and I've been dying to say it. I love it. It's, a, it's one of the, the coolest things I've ever heard Pat Freely say. <laughs> Um, but anyway, that said, I, I did feel that this voice was a bit too old. Um, I know we're going to be talking about the particular read, but but Donovan, like, how can someone more authentically sound like a child? Because like, there's there's bones there. Like, I'm sure that we, she could make it work if she had some more technique. But but what is it that that people need to do to sound to actually sound like a child? Study and practice. Um, the greatest example ever is Bart Simpson. That's Nancy Cartwright. Um, Nancy Cartwright didn't start sounding like a child uh, instantly and didn't just have it innately in her. She's, she listens to children. Your greatest tool as a voiceover artist or as a singer is your ear. And um, steamrolling and just doing the take without um, the knowledge of the person that you're supposed to be channeling is not the right way to go. Uh, getting, it sounds, you know, uh, cliched, but getting in touch with your childlike tendencies in your own head. And that comes from being around children. There's just, there's no substitute. Nancy Cartwright, I think she said that she based uh, uh, Bart on a little boy that she knew, and she was trying to channel him specifically. So get specific. If you have a daughter or a son, try to channel them. If you have a niece or a nephew, the more specific you make things, always the more believable. Um, this take, actually, I really liked this take. It, it was definitely an adult but she did not fall into the pitfalls of the uh, the pitching up at the end uh, or pitching up too much. Honestly, if the the writers and the uh, the directors of, of a project like this, they might pick someone like this um, because it sounds in the ballpark. And I think they would know 
you know, with some direction, we could we could maybe tweak the youngness just a little bit here or there. This sounds very professional. Um, this audition, I wrote down this. I bet this person actually does do animation. Uh, it was nice and clear and upbeat and relaxed and didn't sound forced. But yeah, it sounded just a little too old. But I feel like with a little direction, maybe they would have the power to tweak it. Another question just occurred to me as you were speaking there, Donovan, and it was like, okay, was like, okay, you can have a voice artist who's clearly an adult speaking, you know, as a child, um, and that can be cool because they can do it. But um, do you think that the audience who's hearing it cares that this is an adult who sounds like a child? And if they found out that it wasn't adult or it sounded too adulty, would you like would that bother them? Like we've we've seen many different characters over the the years and you know voiced by children and always voiced by like dora is a perfect example yeah. you know like not live action dora not the one that's just out now i i don't know much about that but what i do know is is that um when we have the animated version there were yeah. i think there's been like three doras by this point but mm -hmm. but they all had like a childlike quality to their voices yeah. um you know and in the arthur series um arthur was replaced a couple times as well yep. just to try to keep that that keep that same age um but, like, we knew that those were legitimately tweens or, you know, yeah. young teenagers or what have yeah. you. Uh, so for the listener at home, for someone who's watching, just how important is it that um, that voice actually sound more childlike? Or, or do they even care? Do they know? Well, I think if, if it takes them out of it, then that means they know. Um, just even questioning it as an audience, that's why we test everything. Um, in Chicago, there's a whole cottage industry of what we call focus groups. And that would be apparent instantly with the feedback that we would get from focus groups. If they even questioned uh, that, that means that they're being taken out of the story or they're being taken out of the commercial or uh, if we're presenting the robot, um, it's a distraction. So it does matter. Um, I don't think it matters if they found out I think it matters if they can tell. If an adult can do it very convincingly, like there's a ton of adults out there who book and do really well. And Nancy Cartwright is a great example because she's been like 10 years old for how long now? Like 25 years. <laughs> yeah. One thing I have learned from talking to voice artists who are older than their characters are about how they've managed to maintain that is, is that they find where that character lives in their head. So if I were to think of, go back to the Arthur series, um, and you have got Muffy Crosswire, and that's Melissa Altro. So anyway, she's been Muffy since she was a young, you know, a tween, yeah, basically. 25, 30. And she is still Muffy. She is still Muffy today. And it's like, well, how on earth do you keep that voice? You've grown up. You're not that kid anymore. You're, you know, the show is however old now. Um, but she knows where Muffy lives. And I think that that's what matters is that she can locate that voice and the placement and how she's going to do the the uh, the read and probably has a way to get into that voice, you know, like a, a phrase or something she says. I don't know. But but there are ways to access that and to remember it. But it is a lot of muscle memory and just understanding where that might live in your head. That, Stephanie, I couldn't agree more. My favorite example is the great Tara Strong. Tara Strong is... Uh, just one of the greats of voiceover animation just in the history of the craft. And she's Batgirl, 
she's Harley Quinn, uh, she's Rugrats, uh, she's so many. And when you see her get into that character, she has those mnemonic devices where it's a phrase she always uses to get into that character. Uh, it sort of kickstarts her into that. And then she physically becomes it. There's no holding her back. When you, that's why they film her when she is recording and they animate even her facial expressions and her gestures they put that in there because she is fully possessed by that character. And that's what you're up against, is people who are absolutely channeling that that character. So, you know, uh, half of it is talent and uh, practicing. The other half is just you're obsessed. <laughs> Hard work. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you take on an element of that character and, and you can't, I don't know, like there's always a bit of the actor that goes into whatever it is that they're doing. It's not like you can completely detach yourself from who you are when you're in a role. So uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Tara's done a lot of great work, probably Powerpuff Girls, um, My Little Ponies. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's all kinds of, of, um, of you know, the, the her IMDB is probably it's a ridiculous. mile long. But yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, all good, good ideas. And because I know there are adults who are regular listeners of this program. And um, if you're ever trying to get into that, that voiceover space for doing a child or a teen or a tween type voice, then you really like this episode is awesome for you. Like you've got some homework, you know that a lot of it is just listening. Um, but I think a lot of it does also and correct me if I'm wrong, Donovan, you're more the expert here. But a lot of it does have to do with physiology. And like what your voice type just is and, what and you if you can with. actually, yeah. yeah, what you're born with and what you can sound like. Yeah. Um, and definitely th we're so lucky in this day and age because, you know, I'm, I'm old. So I remember when there was no YouTube, it, things are, you have such, uh, an array of advantages. Now you can look up on YouTube, Frank Welker, who's a great, uh, voiceover and has been doing this for, you know, 40 years, still can channel, you know, a teenage Fred from uh, uh, Scooby-Doo um, and Tara Strong. I just two or three days ago, I just watched a little mini documentary about both of them on YouTube with my kids just for fun. Look that stuff up. Look at the greats. You start at the top. Go to the top and then let that be your bar and try to work towards that. If you fall just a little short, then you're, you hopefully are still in the great category. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, so many awesome tips. Like I... If you are not writing notes down during this episode, like you, you should be. Um, go back, listen again. Maybe we'll get you a transcript. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> but this is just so good. It is, and what I love about it, Donovan, is that this is like truth, but it's also actionable stuff that people can do right now. Like you know, go read something, practice every day, create your own auditions, uh, listen to people. Mm -hmm, absolutely. All right. Well, I think we're we're gonna play our audition number eight now. Did you say you need help with your math homework? Well, you're in luck, because I'm a math genius. Okay, so long division, is it? Let's start with an easy one. Ten divided by five. What a sweet little angel. This, what a great audition. I really loved it. But that's maybe from a not-so-technical point of view. What did you think? So, yeah, so cute. Um, so natural. I wrote down, uh, you know, just so such a friendly kid that I can picture that this kid is just uh, friendly as she is. Um, there was some enunciation uh, issues, and um, I feel like 
if I was uh, a writer or choosing, I feel like um, over the course of a long haul, we might not be able to get what we need for a bunch of lines for a talking robot. But I, I bet if it was like for a commercial for one or two lines or for um, for radio, I bet we could get what we wanted. So everything is about finding the right person for the right job. This audition has a, a wonderful quality to it. And... Uh, you know, I dig it, but it might not be right for something that is talking to you, you know, over the course of an hour. She just might not be ready for this type of role. She definitely sounds like the right age. And this is a difficult one because, you know, we want them to sound like uh, they're seven years old, but a seven-year-old sounds like a seven-year-old. And they, they have those natural poor enunciations sometimes in the middle of sentences. And you truly can't push them uh, too far because they don't even sort of know what, what they're saying. They're almost, you know, uh, not, not really directable yet. Um, so they're still, you know, at the beginning of their craft. Yeah. And I was just thinking back again to how you said that the parent is very much involved in the development of a child's career. And it is a career. Uh, and a number of these children on the program today are actually the children of voice actors who are members of Voices.com. Same thing here in Chicago. A lot of the kids who win auditions here, uh, I recognize their last name instantly. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, it is a leg up, you know, uh, uh, mom or dad already has a microphone. Mom or dad already understands the process. Mom or dad already has an agent. Um, so there's you have a ton of advantages. And you know what? So what? Take the advantages. A writer's not going to pick you because of your last name. That's why we're doing these blind. A writer's not going to pick you uh, because, you know, you have a pedigree. A writer's going to pick you because you are correct for that role. So take every advantage that you can get. Nothing is cheating. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you, Donovan. So we have one more audition, and we're going to listen to that now. This is audition number nine. Did you say you need help with your math homework? Well, you're in luck, because I'm a math genius. <laughs> okay, so long division is it? Let's start with an easy one. Ten divided by five. I really liked his read. How do you get someone to laugh genuinely? Especially <laughs> a kid. Yeah, yeah, we did just talk about that. Uh, it's funny. Um, I believed everything about this read except for the laugh. I remember um, this was when my kids were little. My kids are, uh, my two boys are grown, but there was never enough legitimate laughs in my sound effect library as a sound designer. So I would always be trying to record them laughing. And my kids laughing are in movies, TV shows, uh, commercials that everybody has seen and heard because uh, I would just keep mics around them and then I would put it into projects uh, when I could. Uh, yeah, a legitimate laugh, super difficult to pull off even for an adult. The rest of that read was exactly in the wheelhouse so that we were looking for. Um, it was friendly. It was fun. It was upbeat. This person, this uh, child sounds like a seven-year-old. Um, he is definitely just a regular kid. He doesn't sound like a theater dramatic kid. Um, it was a little fast. Remember we talked about they're either too fast or they're either too slow. This one was a little fast, but I think with some direction, this could completely work. I might choose this kid if we could do like a second audition and direct them. You mentioned theater kid just now. What is the difference between what this child did and what a theater kid might do? That's uh, advertising talk for, uh, you know, they overact. 
and they've definitely been in uh, theater work. Um, live theater, I call it the opposite of voiceover because in live theater, you're supposed to be aiming to the, to the back row. So that means everything you do is super exaggerated. Your voice, your gestures, your character to make sure that it reads all the way to the back row. Now, if it was a Venn diagram, there is some crossover uh, from theater acting to voiceover acting. We have to believe you. Uh, you have to be channeling the character. Um, you have to do your research. Of course, there is crossover. Um, but in voiceover, you're talking to one person and they're right in front of your face. This did not sound like a theater kid. This sounded like a real kid. The natural charm, it's all right there. That's right in the wheelhouse for me. That's in the thats in the zone for me. That's awesome. So that is literally our last audition. Uh, there are no more. <laughs> so that said, uh, Donovan, um, it's time to pick a winner. So what do you think? So the one I got to pick is for sure number three. So charming, so natural. Sounds like it's already there. Um, sounds like it was directed by someone who is uh, working on this robot project. Um, the only thing was just that needed just that little bit of speed. That seems like a very easy tweak to make to an actor um, or even just to a regular kid who's not an actor to just be just slightly faster. But I, I'm underlining a real kid, so charming, so natural, exactly like you, someone you want teaching you math. Wonderful. Well, congratulations, auditioner number three. Why don't we roll that audition just so we all remember uh, who we're talking about. Did you say you need help with your math homework? Well, you're in luck because I'm a math genius. <laughs> okay, so long division is it? Let's start with an easy one. Ten divided by five. Yeah, very engaging. I, I love that. And uh, you have such a gift here, Donovan. Like, obviously, to be able to evaluate auditions and to have the ears that you do, the golden ears of a producer and, and a sound designer is, is awesome. So thank you for bringing those to the table. Thank you also, though, for bringing the ears of a parent and also of a friend. I think that this is really, really fantastic. Um, now, if anyone wants to study with you, uh, how can they get a hold of you? And, and if they have kids and they want to sign them up for your workshops in Chicago, how do they do that? Look me up at Donovan Wyland, D-O-N-O-V-A-N, and Wyland, W-E-Y-L-A-N-D. Pretty easy to find. Or you could reach me at my Gmail, which is just my name, Donovan Wyland, at gmail.com. That's awesome. And you're also in our coaches directory too. So um, there's another way. If you go to voices.com slash coaches, you can find um, the contact info that Donovan just gave you there. And hopefully you can start your journey with a, a, a really great start. So thank you so much, Donovan. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. And seriously, it, it was great to be here. And I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. And if anyone needs a demo produced, ask Donovan. <laughs> for real I do love uh, what I do <laughs> great well well, that's the episode so thank you again for listening to Mission Audition the scripts that you've heard on today's show just like every other show are available on our blog and that's voices.com slash blog have fun with that and also um, you know if you want to catch past episodes and, and find out what on earth we were talking about when we were you know had that mic proximity and all of that just go back I think that there are about eight or nine episodes at this point that you can just really enjoy and have a good time with that so uh, um, you know, until we talk to you next, I'm Stephanie Cicerelli. And I'm Juliana Jones. We hope you guys have the best time taking these tips into your studio. Have so much fun with these auditions. Happy auditions. <laughs>